Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guests from Must Love Boxers Rescue, Holly Adams, President and Founder, and Chris Sanasi, Vice President and Social Media Coordinator. This is a relatively new organization, so a great time for any of us to get involved. And these ladies are here this morning to let us know about the various ways that we can make a difference in the lives of these wonderful canines, puppies. Holly Adams and Chris Sanasi, it is really wonderful that you've stopped by this morning so we can have a really good chat and share some really important information, right? Yes. Yep. So welcome, and okay. let's just lunch, l- lunch, we could lunch, but later, <laughs> let's just launch right into it. And Holly, you're the founder, the president and founder of Must Love Boxers. So let's get a little history here of how this all got started. So it all got started, uh, gosh, back in 2004, I think. It, we, we became a form board. And we did just a lot of, you know, sharing, and we started doing rescuing together kind of everywhere. But um, we actually put the rescue together the end of 2013, and that's when it become, that's when we got our 501 Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we just started rescuing dogs. And so it grew from how many at that time? Gosh, Chris, how many? As far as volunteers or dogs? Dogs. Um, First dogs. When I came in in 2015, probably about 15 dogs-ish at a time fostering. Yeah, And we're up into the 20s or so now at any given time. And then our adoptions are up to in the couple hundreds now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And we've we've rescued over 200 for sure plus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so the two of you, I gather... Actually, our friends who started this jointly, is that right? That is not correct. <laughs> oh, it's just the way that you're sharing this information. It sounded like, oh, well, they... You get to know each other very well. You become family. Yes. Um, but I met Chris in 2015 for my first time. She actually worked for another rescue. I came from another rescue and was solicited by a, a volunteer at Muscle Boxers to come over, and Holly and I just clicked from the very beginning, and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Three years later, here we yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because it just feels like there's this synergy yeah, with we, the two of We you. have a really good, um, I don't know, it just clicks yep, for us. Yeah, it does. Yep. You know. She tells me, I tell her, we just, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so that's when it originated. But were you already a lover of boxers at that time, Holly? Actually, my first boxer, um, I got her when I went through a really bad divorce. And she, like, changed my life forever. And then this light bulb went off, as Oprah says. <laughs> and uh, I just said, you know, I have to start helping this breed. And it, it was so important to me to, you know, rescue boxers because there's so many out there. People say, really? Is there? Yeah. But there really is. They're high energy and they're, you know, they can be stubborn and people get them when they're puppies because they're so cute. And then all heck breaks loose. Mm -hmm. And they decide they don't want them. Too much energy, too hard. You know, they're working dogs. They want to work. Yep. So it's important. And so the light bulb for you, you said the light bulb went off and you needed to pursue this. Was there something that happened between... You and the dog at that point? 
well, Sadie, my first, and then I got my second star, and then there was Tanner. Yes, and now I have two more. But the first three did it for me. And and being on the form board, you know, we, we all reached out and became a family and helped as many dogs as we could together through the whole USA because everybody was all over the place then. And then, uh, yeah, and then I just, I, the more that I talked to people and understood the breed and, and the, the need to, to save, then that's when I stepped in and said, let's do this. And so I got together with some pretty close friends and we formed it and then went from there. So in really three short years, you've really made a a lot of progress, I would say. A lot of progress. And have you always, Chris, been a boxer lover too? No, actually, um, after losing my lab, my black lab of 13 years, um, my husband and I had decided to take a break from dogs. About six months later, I was looking at Pet Finder, just perusing, just seeing what's out there. And I saw the cutest little dog. What is that? Oh, my God, it's a boxer. I've never seen a boxer. And that was how I got connected with the other rescue that where we adopted our boy from. And that was it. It was all she wrote. I'm, I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah, But we just had the one. And then we recently, he passed away. And we just recently adopted one of a muscle of boxers foster that we fostered for over a year. So we're on boxer number two. And then we have a little hospice boy that's living with us too. So I think we're, I think we're in. So that sounds like an, another uh, little tangent we'll get into that's besides the rescue mm-hmm. big thing. There's hospice as well yes. that you're yes. overseeing. Yes. Yep. But rescue is really what it's about because, as you were saying, Holly, people find that, oh, my gosh, this is way too much dog for me. And then I hope they're not just abandoning them. They do. They abandon them. They owner surrender, whom they contact through our website. And then they also end up in the shelters because people just drop them off and say, I can't do it. So would a shelter actually, because you're so focused on boxers, do shelters sometimes maybe like funnel dogs to you? They do, but I will say the Washington shelters are much more adaptable to the breed and they can, you know, they they don't euthanize as much and they really try to get them adopted. But if they have medical or special needs, then they do contact us right away. And if we, if volunteers see them on there and we say, well, we can come and pick them up, we have room, what's your thoughts? Of course, they, they let you. But it's the California shelters that are plum full. And I can't tell you how many boxers get euthanized all the time. It's very sad. I sometimes hear about, probably more when there's a disaster, storms, that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. that they will then send animals here. Does California then sometimes contact you to say, would you take some of these boxers? We actually, uh, it started like that in the beginning, once they knew who we were. But now we have a couple uh, coordinators in in different areas in California. And then we have a a little transport team, and that's how we get them up here now. Um, But as far as, like, say, Texas and some of the bigger places who've had the storms and, you know, we've been contacted but didn't have enough foster, you know, open at that time, which is very sad, and that's what kills us. The more fosters you have, the more you can help in tragic situations too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one of the key things we want to focus on this morning is fosters. And by that, is that both the humans and the dog? You're looking for fostering humans 
loving parents for these dogs that need to be uh, rescued. Yes, absolutely. So there's a great need. Huge need. (laughs) Huge need. And I will say that our rescue is very, um, we, we really care about our foster parents. We set them up with food and crates and dog pillows, toys and blankets, anything that we can help them with. All we expect from them is to love the dog, take care of the dog, help with a little training, with sit, stay, you know, different things, and get them on their journey for being adopted. And Chris, is that how your journey started? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My husband and I, we took in a, a girl who was just not super adoptable. She was really a pretty tough one, and and she would have had to go to an only dog home, and she just had a lot of crankiness about her, and we just decided we didn't have a dog in our home, so we thought we'd give her a shot, and she had been um, in more of a crating situation versus a home and living room and bed, so we brought her into our place, and she blossomed. She just turned into this, you know... She might be a little grouchy, but she's just a sweetheart and, you know, deep down. And um, we still promoted her and tried to get her adopted. And we had a few nibbles here and there, but it just was never the right fit. And literally at the one-year mark, my husband and I looked at each other and went, what are we doing? <laughs> We're not going to let her go now, right? <laughs> so she worked her way into your she heart. Sure did. And um, so, yeah, we officially adopted her just um, right early March of this year. So. Yeah. And she's a hoot. She's just, I mean, somebody really missed out, but it's to our benefit. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and I'm sure that happens a lot, Holly. Or does it? Where people are. Yep, or, or it Chris, does. Yeah, it does. You foster. I mean, we, don't, we, we would hope that we aren't having one year long fosters situations very often. and uh, But we do have a few hard to place dogs, but then we have others that are out the door before they even get in the door. So those are the fun ones. And. That way we can keep using our fosters over and over again. But that's why we need more because some of those dogs that are long-term are taking up, you know, a foster home where we need somebody else in place of those homes that can get dogs in and out quickly, if that makes any sense. Well, so to then get a clear picture of this, you need uh, volunteers to foster Mm -hmm. dogs, but you also, how does that happen that they, you know, a volunteer can't then adopt all the dogs. How do you get the people then who are going to adopt from the fostering situation? Well, so we do have several fosters. We call them in the rescue world, they call it foster fails, where people, oh, they'll bring in a, that, we don't but... like it, but it's, it, you know, because it's really not a failure. It's actually quite a success, but it's this cutesy little uh, term. But um, it can be frustrating sometimes because, you know, we do lose a foster home here and there when they adopt and, and fail and, and want to adopt the dog. But it's a great, you know, it's great for the dog to get their, you know, forever home. But then it just puts more pressure on the rescue to get more fosters. That's why we constantly have to ask, you know, all the time, promoting for fosters, brochures, you know, flyers, everything, because we need enough so that we have that cushion for yep. when, we, yes. when, when dogs are adopted by their fosters. Or for the long-term ones that are, you know, we still have a couple right now that um, are probably going to be around for a while, and they're just hard to place. And so, yeah, we just, the more we can get, the better. And we don't just take on the easy dogs. No, we do not. We take on <laughs> the dogs that we spend 700 a month on training, sometimes 1300 depending on the trainer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, otherwise, these dogs would have been put down. So... Yeah. We don't just take the easy or the prettiest ones. I mean, we take from 
puppy to seniors, and we take a lot of seniors, mm-hmm. and that really sucks up your um, your monies so mm-hmm. when you're, you know, I don't think people realize when we cover food and medical and vet visits and all that. I mean, it really it adds it up, up very quick. Yes, yeah. it does. So there, there's some really important things that you're stating here, all of which we need to touch on. First, the need then for more foster, mm-hmm. absolutely foster homes. Yes. And so, how do people reach you and say, "This sounds uh, interesting"? Yeah, you know, how do I get involved? They can. It's on our Facebook page. All of our information and our website has all of our applications. They click on www.mustloveboxers.com. And they click if they want to be a volunteer, a foster, or if they want to adopt, whatever they want. It's all on the website. And since we're mentioning the website and all the options, also I'm sure there's a donate button. There is. (laughs) Front and center. (laughs) Because we've just mentioned numerous reasons why funds. So maybe it's not an appropriate time to foster or to adopt a dog, but there's that love and heart for the puppies. Mm. I always call them puppies. Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> well, boxers are puppies until they're about yes, nine. Yes, they are. <laughs> so, okay, so I'm yes. in the right yes, vein of that. Um, but, yes, consider donations, monetary donations, because that's mm-hmm. so critical to yes. this work when you can't actually have um, a puppy in your home. Absolutely. Yeah. Donations are accepted, and we are very grateful and we also, we're, I'll just touch base really quick. We're, we're going to start with a, a maybe a sponsorship program because we want to continue helping dogs in California, mm-hmm. but we can't cover spays, neuters, transports. I mean, for one dog, you have to figure, even when you get a discount from a vet, you're 80 to $90 for that, plus the health certificate, heartworm, and transport. By the time they get up here, I mean, it just sucks you dry, but... Mm-hmm. I want to continue helping down there, but we really need to to start, you know, get a sponsorship program going to help these dogs in California, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So is that a kind of shout out is there yep. that you'd want to make right now as to who might that sponsor be? Anybody that wants to, you know, many people know there's a lot of California dogs that need to be saved. A lot of the rescues up here save them. So... Where we plan to do like a, a Facebook post yeah. and some other things. How how do, what do you think, Chris? It'll be kind of like what you said just a moment ago. For those who can't adopt or can't foster, maybe they travel a lot, but they love the breed or they love dogs. It's a perfect opportunity to get some recognition and do the sponsorship. You know, I mean, I think we're thinking, you know, a couple hundred dollar type sponsorships or it maybe even it could even morph into like a pool where like here's dog B, you know, if everybody throws in 50 bucks, then we have the sponsorship covered. You know, it doesn't have to be one person. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still kind of in the early phase of this, but a lot of rescues do this when they see dogs out there that people are kind of vying to get. People just start throwing money. I'll throw in 20 to get the dog saved just because we want to get them out of the shelter. So we want to try something similar to that in just in our rescue um, where it wouldn't be um, people vying for the dog. It would be us reaching out to our followers already and our supporters saying, you know, here's a great opportunity. It's a tax break, too. They, yep. it's a, it is you know, they can put break. that on their taxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and maybe we'll come up with some little something fun. You know, we'll send them a T-shirt or, you know, something 
some sort of little recognition. But um, yeah, the California dogs are, are, we love them, but it's getting cost ineffective. So, yep. yeah. yeah. So there's another, you know, big banner we're yeah, sending sorry. out there. <laughs> no, no, this is really great. Okay. You know, the kinds of things that we want to inform our mm-hmm. public about as to what's available and where the needs are. And it really what it comes down to is there's something for everyone. Oh, Absolutely. Yes. So let's mention the website again, because it sounds like that's where, you know, things are happening. We're, we're not asking you to come somewhere. Uh, there's not a physical entity. The no. physical entity is digital, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's www.mustloveboxers.com. And then Chris is also our um, media coordinator, as in VP. She does all like the Facebook postings and all that kind of stuff too. And so we put everything on Facebook, which I know everybody doesn't do Facebook, but a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. So our Facebook is always rolling with the new dogs that come in. Everything is placed there first with updates, et cetera. And and then they move to Pet Finder and to the website. Okay. So that's that's a really good visual as to how the process works. And those pictures, I'm sure, are the ones that pull at our heartstrings. Is that what you find, Chris? Pictures are what sells. I mean, you know, we, we, we talk to our fosters about this all the time, how, you know, the more pictures, the better, because people want to have a connection and they can't have that connection with, you know, a blurry photo or, you know, a bad photo. So we try to get as many good photos as we can to get the dog, you know, connected with people. And it happens. I mean, we can, we'll, we'll post a dog and our page will blow up and then another dog... Not so much, but, it, you know, it's all about you know, social. Are so important yeah. with adoption. And social yeah. media is so unpredictable. It's, you know, I try to figure it out and it's just not <laughs> happening. <laughs> I think I'm onto something and then, you know, it just crashes and burns. And then other times things blow up and I'm like, well, I didn't even know. But, yeah, so <laughs> we try to reach everybody we can through Facebook and Twitter and um, Instagram. That's right. Instagram and Twitter aren't as active. We're looking for volunteers for that right now. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, I need help. But yeah, it's it's a the way to reach everybody is social media right yeah, now. Yeah, it so. is. And there are people who just love to do that yeah, sort of exactly. thing with Twitter yeah. or Instagram, for instance. Yeah, for sure. So there's a great volunteer yes. opportunity that's yeah. just... And you don't even know. have to live here. No, I mean, you don't. That's the thing. Like one of our graphic artists is in California. And it's awesome because... It just feels good that we have people outside of the area that care and want to do stuff. So social media is the best way to get involved as far as not living around here and being able to be hands-on. Absolutely. And thinking of pictures, just go to your website, Must Love Boxers. I'm telling our listeners to do that because the picture of that little puppy is so sweet. Those big eyes and that little... Flat nose. Mm, just face. Yes, mush, That's it. <laughs> yes. How can you just not fall in love? Exactly. Yeah, right? Which is where I, I imagine the name must love boxers comes from. Is that right, Holly? It's strange. I've had that name for, I guess, right when I got Sadie. I, I joined a form board to learn more about the breed so I could help my girl because she was really sick. She came from a backyard breeder and she, you know, was sick. Um, but must love and and I didn't want to do the LOV for some reason I liked the LUV mm-hmm. and then that's what formed our form board and so I've just always had that yep 
why mess with success? Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I really kind of like it. Must love boxers. I mean. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you grow to love them, too. I think yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's the key. The crazy ones do <laughs> grow. <laughs> well, and that is your story, right, Chris? <laughs> it is my story. <laughs> Got to have those yeah. sweet dogs. They are like so, and, and you know, it, this is kind of silly to say this, but when they introduce them, even at the Westminster, they introduce them as the clown in the class because mm-hmm. they make you laugh all the time. I mean, yeah, they're a little high energy. Not all of them. I've had couch potatoes, too. Mm-hmm. But they just make you laugh constantly. Their personality is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, you mentioned the more senior dogs. Then you, I think you said that they're harder to adopt or yep. har- harder to foster. Yeah. But they would probably be less energy. Mm-hmm. They're very less energy. Yeah. They're already potty trained. They're crate trained. They're everything that you would want. So I don't understand why. I think it's because, too, that people know that their lifespan Mm -hmm. is not like, you know, a smaller dog. It's between seven and kind of 10 is like Uh. the the cutoff. There has been some, you know, I've had friends that, you know, 12 and 13 and 14, you go, wow, that's amazing. All of mine have passed before nine and one hit her ninth birthday. So I mean, well, we have a forever foster right now, which is um, another thing we can touch on. But she just turned 12. Sassy just turned yep, 12. Yep. And so they ha- they can have a long life. But, yeah, 10 is usually about the max. But, yep. um, yeah. And I think that's what, what people get concerned about. But for me, I mean, it's just about giving them the love that you can while they're here. Yes. To me, that's what it's all about. But mm-hmm. I know some people don't see it like that. But yeah. I sure do. <clears throat> And I see it um, perhaps in terms of uh, older people, perhaps, who need a lower energy dog. But even for a period of time, they're helping the dog. But uh, the dogs also are this great companion. Yes, absolutely. So retired couples. Yes. I mean, but but if sometimes, you know, a retired couple, they've had boxers all their life and they still want that energy, too, you know. So Mm. but seniors are incredible. And, and what amazes me is when people, and I and I don't need, mean to be, you know, judgmental, but when people take their seniors to a shelter and say, you know, either put them down or whatever you're going to do, and it happens all the time. And I don't understand that because they're such good dogs. Mm-hmm. They're so mellow and, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't understand that. Yeah. It's got to be something about the fear of losing them. I just, yeah, it does probably, but it saddens me. Or coming, uh, approaching medical issues and yep. financial stuff. Not that that's a good excuse, but yeah, we try to figure yeah. that out. And that's the only thing I can come up with. Is and that's a good one, Chris, because people just say it's fear based. They don't want to deal with the loss, they don't want to deal with the medical. And, you know, you, a dog is a life commitment. Yep. You know, whatever breed, whatever breed it is, it's not about, you know, tossing it out in the garbage when you're done, which unfortunately is how. Why we're here. Why yes. rescues are here. Because mm-hmm. so many people do that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And someday our goal is, I shouldn't even say this. <laughs> it, it is a goal of mine. And I hope that it comes true someday. We won't like touch on it big. But I would like to get a rescue center. Okay. Maybe in Arlington and get a little bit of land. And then that way we can take on 10 or 15 seniors at a time. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe have a few kennels there for the harder dogs where the trainers can come there. And, you know, I hope that happens someday because... I think we could help a lot mm. more dogs and have a safer place for some to go. But 
Anyway, just a dream. Yeah. Hey, it was a dream to have a rescue, and it came true. Right. So <laughs> I get goosebumps and kind of emotional, but we'll get there. I I, I hope it, someday. Yeah. And I, that's the thing, is to have the visions. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to consider that, you know, it's not going to even, uh, you know, pop up on the radar anywhere. Right. But, yes, it's important to dream like that. And who knows? You know, we're putting this out to right. the universe, as it were. Yep. Yeah. And who knows who might also say they have some land around yeah, Arlington. Exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And that way... Some of the senior dogs, if they are not going to find a forever home, then they'll still have somewhere that they're going to have friends around them and have good treatment, right? Yep, Yep. absolutely. Live their life out. And have someone there, which Mm -hmm. would probably be me a lot of the time and a few Mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's important. We have the vision. just have to make it happen. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're getting that word out as well. There's there's numerous little prongs here. Oh, yeah. Yep. Each of them important because there are so many, you know, of us in the population who have different needs, mm-hmm. too. Yep. We're going to find our own niche. So yep. there's so many ways to be involved here. And certainly, if anyone's looking for a puppy or maybe to sponsor because you can't have a puppy right now, then what would you say, Chris? Let's. I would say get on the website, get on Facebook, uh, private message us, fill out an application. Private messaging is a great way to reach Holly and I. We're the bo- we both manage that on our Facebook page. And anything, we are open to anything. I mean, anything that people want to do that, that will help these guys, these little pups, is great for us. Come join our MLBR family. Yes, because we're good. We're we're we we're we're a family unit, and we, yeah, we just yeah, want to save if, as many as we can. If you pulled some of our volunteers, you'd be surprised at how many tell you that, and, and the adopters too, that just go on and on about. Oh, I thought I'd you know try it and see, but now I you know I can't live my life without these guys because it's a family. <laughs> yeah. And trust me, there are rescues out there that are not, and and we we. We try to stay kind of small because you lose, like Holly said at the beginning, you lose that family feeling if you get too big for your britches. And our intention is never to be that big because what's the point of having, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of followers, but you don't even know half your volunteers who they are. Or when your dogs get adopted. I like to stay in contact with the family every six months, like, you know, send them a message. Hey, how's it going? And Mm -hmm. because some don't do Facebook. We have a we have an adoption page where some people give updates and stuff, but some don't do that. And so, yeah, it's important Mm -hmm. to stay connected. We want to I foster a lot of these dogs, too. And I want to know how they're doing and what's going on. And, you Mm -hmm. know, yeah, it's it's important. That sounds really so invaluable to me that you have that kind of a network mm-hmm. available. So anyone who's maybe feeling a little uncertain in what they're doing knows they can reach out. You're there. Oh yeah, yep. this is family. As it you happens said. all the time on our. We have this private, um, couple of private Facebook groups for volunteers, fosters, and adopters. And oh, people write in, and you know, my dog has a you know an owie on her foot. What do I do? Or you know, my dog's pacing, and I, I mean, they just call, and everybody chimes in, and people have advice, and our trainers are on the yeah, page, and it's great. Even after you adopt a dog, and say something, yeah. the dog is, gosh, on the walks, acting up, or just, you know, there's so many different little mm-hmm. quirks, but 
they call us, we get the, con- you know, the trainer connected with them. Our trainers will go out and, and help them mm-hmm. get the dog to where it should be. I mean, we don't just get, say goodbye once you yeah. adopt right. a dog. Exactly. We're there for you even yeah. after you adopt. And yeah. I think that's important. Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> it is important. It I, is. I, I think that really kind of puts ties the ribbon on the package yeah. yep. is knowing that, you know, you're not just adopting and goodbye. Yeah. That uh, We're there for the life of the dog. And, you know, we share in their sorrows, too, when the dogs yep. are passing. Yep. Everybody comes together. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What an absolutely wonderful organization and a way to, I think, maybe meet up. You have a couple of events coming up, right? Yes, we do. We have a really fun one called Boxers and Brews. This will be our third year. Um, We're doing it in a new location this year at Karen Brewing in Kenmore, Washington. Uh, We have partnered with Karen on many things, and we love them, and they love us, and we're so excited to make this a big deal. And Warm 106 is own Heather is going to be emceeing for us. So we're very excited about that. Um, We've gotten to meet her quite a bit lately. And then we have another fun event in September, big old golf tournament down in Auburn at the Auburn Golf Course. This will be our second one. And that's um, September 22nd. And it's a really good time if you like to golf, at least. (laughs) That's great. And love dogs, love boxers. So the way to get all the more details is at? Facebook. And our Facebook page is where most of those are going to be uh, promoted, but also on the on the website as well. And the website address is www.mustlove, and that's L-U-V, boxersrescue.com. Perfect. Visit there. Get all the information. Yes. So again, thank you, Chris and Holly, so greatly for being here. It's just been so wonderful to meet you and feel your energy and your passion for these lovely dogs. You too, Kate. Thank you. Thank you, you for having us. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Holly Adams and Chris Sanassi and Sunday Morning Magazine with David Richard from the Komen Foundation. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or to share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings, and look for the show and guest names. And I now wish you and your family a day of being involved in our community, which needs each one of us. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9, the station to pick you up and make you feel good. Good morning.